carting great jars of jelly all the while. Lucy suppressed the urge to roll her eyes. Hedge, her man, wore a greasy tricorn smashed down over a shock of grey hair. His dusty coat and waistcoat were equally disreputable, and he'd chosen to highlight his bow legs with scarlet-clocked stockings, no doubt Papa's cast-offs. He halted beside her. Oh, gah, not a dudder! In his surprise, the little man had forgotten to stoop, but when she turned to him, his wiry body decayed before her eyes. His back curved, the shoulder bearing the awful weight of her now empty basket fell, and his head hung to the side listlessly. As the pièce de résistance, Hedge took out a checkered cloth and laboriously wiped his forehead. Lucy ignored all this. She'd seen the act hundreds, if not thousands, of times in her life. I don't know that I would have described him as a deader, but he is indeed a corpse. Well, best not stand here gawping. Let the dead rest in peace, I always say. Hedge made a sidle past her. She placed herself in his path. We can't just leave him here. Why not? He was here before you tried past. Wouldn't never have seen him neither if we'd taken the shortcut through the common like I said. Nevertheless, we did find him. Can you help me carry him? Hedge staggered back in patent disbelief. Carry him? A great big bloke like that? Not unless you want me crippled for sure. My back's bad as it is, has been for twenty years. I don't complain, but still. Very well, Lucy conceded. We'll have to get a cart. Why don't we just leave him be? The little man protested. Someone'll find him in a bit. Mr. Hedge! He stabbed through the shoulder and all over bloody. It's not nice, that. Hedge screwed up his face until it resembled a rotted pumpkin. I'm sure he didn't mean to be stabbed through the shoulder or not, so I don't think we can hold that against him, Lucy chided. But he's begun to go off. Hedge waved the handkerchief in front of his nose. Lucy didn't mention that there hadn't been any smell until he'd arrived. I'll wait while you go fetch Bob Smith in his cart. The manservant's bushy grey eyebrows drew together in imminent opposition. Unless... You would prefer to stay here with the body. Hedge's brow cleared. No, mum. You knows best, I'm sure. I'll just trot on over to the smithy. The corpse groaned. Lucy looked down in surprise. Beside her, Hedge jumped back and stated the obvious for both of them. Jesus almighty Christ, that man ain't dead! Dear Lord... And she'd been standing here all this while, bickering with Hedge. Lucy swept off her wrap and threw it across the man's back. Hand me your coat. But now! Lucy didn't bother giving Hedge a look. She rarely used a sharp tone of voice, making it all the more effective when she did employ it. Oh, the man's servant moaned, but he tossed the coat to her. Go fetch Dr. Freeman. Tell him it's urgent and he must come at once. Lucy gazed sternly into her manservant's beady eyes. And Mr. Hedge? Yes, am
Please run. Hedge dropped the basket and took off, moving surprisingly fast, his bad back forgotten. Lucy bent and tucked Hedge's coat around the man's buttocks and legs. She held her hand under his nose and waited, barely breathing, until she felt the faint brush of air. He was indeed alive. She sat back on her heels and contemplated the situation. The man lay on the half-frozen mud and weeds of the ditch, both cold and hard. That couldn't be good for him, considering his wounds. But as Hedge had noted, he was a big man, and she wasn't sure she could move him by herself. She peeled back a corner of the wrap covering his back. The slit in his shoulder was crusted with dried gore. The bleeding already stopped to her admittedly inexperienced eyes. Bruises bleed.